0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Board Gaming Doctor. My name is Phil, and I'll be your Board Game Doctor today. I apologize for no episode last Friday. I literally ran out of time to do these episodes last week. So here's to a full schedule this upcoming week. So, in this episode, I want to talk about my first impressions after having played Expeditions, as well as talking about Scythe, the game that it's based off of. But first, let's get into Expeditions. This is a game by... Jamie Stegmeier, published by Stonemeyer Games, of course. Art by Jacob Rolzowski. And this game is for 1 to 5 players, plays in about an hour, an hour and a half. Weight is 3.06 out of 5. And is overall ranked 7.9 out of 10 so far. And uh, it made it past the 1,000 rank for all games inclusive at 988 at the time of this recording. Published earlier this year. So I mentioned previously my thoughts on Expeditions in a podcast a few months back, but I had some time and had the opportunity to play this game solo. And I'm going to leave my first impressions with you and and we'll go from there. But as a a quick overview of Expeditions, you, uh, lore-wise, you know, after the events of Scythe, you, in this kind of a dystopic or alternate version of... Siberia where you know there's a massive meteorite that crashes near a river and a doctor uh, Tarkovsky ventures into the the area to learn about it and you're going after him and you're doing so use, utilizing the mechanisms of uh, kind of cards this is kind of like Sarf, Scythe the card game and where you uh, take actions by covering up one of the three available actions that you have which is to move your Uh, pawn um, over the board. You can gather resources that are available on that tile that you're on or you can play cards from your hand. Uh, The unique thing about this game is that your hand is not closed and in your hand, technically. (laughs) It is face up on the board to the left and when you do play it, you play it to the right. Uh, These cards themselves offer um, kind of a multi-use system where they can offer some sort of benefit when you play them uh, immediately or and or they would offer a benefit if you have a certain type, color type of worker that you've gathered from the board. You can place on this card to activate it. and They can also uh, give you some resources. Uh, the main two resources are, and I apologize, I don't know exactly if this is correct or not, but like Guile and Power. And you use these power and guile markers that you accumulate to uncover uh, benefits from off of the board, uh, one of them being like a 20-point tile as well. And you kind of go until you fulfill certain milestones, such as fulfilling quests, which are essentially resource collection and conversion when you land on a certain tile. You complete a certain number of those, then you win or if you convert cards to add them to your tableau to give you certain engine-building aspects or to uh, give you end-game objectives, if you tuck a certain number of cards into your main tableau, that also can count towards a milestone, and whoever gets to a certain number, I, which I sorry I forgot. Um, I, I did play this game like a week ago, and so some of the details do escape me. But in, in any sense, it's very similar to how the endgame of Scythe works. I think it makes sense at this point to kind of intermingle my thoughts about the original game of Scythe as well, which does not need much of an introduction. It is in the top 20 uh, Board Game Geek games of all time, also published by Jamie Stegmaier, uh many years ago. Well, I guess it's not too many years ago. I, I want to say it's about 2016. But um, in that game, you are utilizing actions in a very similar Manner, There aren't as many cards that you're gathering and using for engine building, but it's mostly a game that is on a central board, very similar to games like Terraforming Mars or some of the other games that came around that time where uh, your board kind of serves as the action selection mechanism and as a means of knowing how to collect resources on the main board. And there's an element of moving across the board, threatening attack as well. And uh, that, you know, serving that kind of interaction that is found in interactive boards, and you're also racing to reach milestones to get points, but also to end the game. And so strategically, and and I, I should add to that Scythe is a very deep game. There are p- people who have played this game and posted strategic articles across YouTube and otherwise as an homage to how uh, complex and detailed this game can be and strategic and so obviously they have you know the people who have written about this or published content on this have a lot more experience than i do my play count is about five or so and so it it, i I tried to get it to 10 but i i didn't have time (laughs) this week but even so uh, strategically this game kind of boils down or at least the original scythe game boils down to do you want to rush to the end of the game and kind of play like an aggro style of, of play based on the combination of your player power that you have combined with the the arrangement of actions, both like top and bottom actions that you have in a column rearranged in different ways based off of a player mat that you gain for your actions? And so uh, based on that combination, what I can see is that, well, you know, Can I race and be able to build up my engine fast enough and reach certain milestones fast enough to be able to beat the game in like 13 turns or so? I think Uh, 12 to 15, I think is a pretty fast game versus another game where it seeks to stall out the ones who want to rush by gaining enough points to where they won't want your opponent to end the game fast. Because if they do so, they still would lose. And so that is always an interesting um, idea to me when it comes to the strategic aspect of a board game such as this, where instead of taking, you know, having a set number of rounds and determining the winning strategy and avenue of play based off of the efficiencies that you kind of gather throughout the game. Based off of cards or tiles or the arrangement that is inputted into the game at the beginning of it or as it slowly unfolds during the game versus a game like Scythe. And I would argue, you know, Terraforming Mars and other games that have milestones which trigger the end of the game. Yokohama is another one recently that is, has been in the news and one that I've covered fairly early on in this podcast too, is one of my favorite games where the end goal is up to the players to determine, not the game. And so there is an element of, well, how long do I extend the game if I am in the lead? How fast can I end it if I'm in the lead? And that creates an interesting space for uh, decisions to be made. And it also, I feel like, in Scythe, it can become a little bit scripted. And this, once again, this is coming from the point of view of someone who plays Agricola, which is often argued as a scripted game in multiple, for multiple aspects of it. And so with the combinations of actions and player powers that you have in Scythe, where you are located on the board as well, it leads to certain play styles and patterns that you need to follow. And a lot of the uh, nuance to how each game may feel different at a higher level of play, does come down to an, a built-in uh, bid for factions and player mat combinations, which is often utilized in games like Terra Mystica at a higher level. And so, you know, it's uh, it's. It, I like the aspect of the game before the game. In in essence, the draft in Agricola is the same way. And so, if you if everyone is at the same level and playing at a very high skill level then it's it comes down to the details of how much you're willing to pay for a certain combination during the bid and then how you execute that with the minor variations that come out throughout the game, which you can plan for but still offer a little bit of flavor throughout the game. And in Scythe, it would be like flipping over the event cards and choosing benefits from those or what... Um, uh, Factor like the the middle factory, bo- you know, bonus actions are available in this game. Little things like that that make it uh, a little bit different each time. It it deviates from what I feel like a lot of modern board games try to accomplish in these days, where there is so much input randomness at the beginning of the game that every game, I guess the the avenue of what you're trying to accomplish in this game is gonna look a lot different from game to game. And I think that does benefit the players who play games at low repetitions, because if you don't you know, if you don't have a, a game being brought out consistently, or if you don't have an opportunity to play it consistently, as say, you would online, like games like Scythe and, and etc, then it's important for a game to feel fresh every time you play by having a lot of input randomness and an opportunity to find and tease out the puzzle of what is the most efficient line of actions to take from the get-go. Versus a game like Scythe, like Agricola, where the play patterns are almost, like I said, scripted. People know what kinds of strategies each player power affords in Scythe because of where they start, what kind of tiles they're next to what each board offers that as well. And it comes down to, so in a sense, it makes it feel more comfortable as soon as you've learned those strategies. And at first glance, it may seem boring to approach a game and say, well, at a higher skill level, it's going to kind of play out the same way. And you kind of understand and know what your opponents are going to be playing too but i argue that people have been playing scythe and agricola and other games for so many repetitions is because the the devil is in the details when you have a certain game lineup with certain combinations and you throw in the bidding aspect as well at the end of or at the beginning of the game then it's it's it really comes down to understanding your opponents what they like to do how well they fix to a script and how they react to certain Temptations or deviations in certain decisions that they may deviate from the prescribed line of play based off of their combination of powers. And so um, to me, these games that do feel a little bit more scripted ultimately make the game more of a social experience and a more competitive social experience where everyone kind of understands at a basic level of how to play the game right and well. But then it is bluffing. There's you know, there there could be some aspects of bluffing or doing something completely crazy to throw off your opponents and try to gain an edge that way. That makes the game replayable and fun. At the opposite spectrum, I see games like you know, that are more social in nature. One that I talked about recently is like De- Deadly Dowagers, right? Where the complexity of the game itself is not high, but the social aspect is for fun is the primary goal of what you're trying to accomplish in the game. And so, or other simple, and I say simple, not to say that it's bad, but like more uh, where, where the, the rules burden is decreased. You have yeah. games like the mind, um, Hanabi, etc., where the rules are tapered back and the social experience is moved forward. Some people may describe this as fun forward, And I propose that games like Scythe are fun for competitive high skill level players who find enjoyment in playing at a high level where in a sense you've learned the game so much that the rules become simplified to you. you. You understand the rules and the best plays for all aspects of the game, which is a feat that requires multiple repetitions. But then you enter into a space where you're playing the players and not just the game. Versus what I feel like a lot of modern games nowadays is you're basically playing the game. Maybe maybe people who have like multi solitaire, multiplayer solitaire type of games, that's how they feel. You know, you're basically playing the game. You're working on a puzzle, solving the game itself. uh, You know, keeping up with the rules just enough to kind of get a, a a tip of the iceberg experience of what the strategy looks like underneath and, and having a good time with that. Right. I, so I really appreciate the opportunity that Scythe makes the original board game Scythe makes. And I, I can totally see how it fits in the echelon of other games like Terra Mystica through the ages, Agricola that offer a very a terraforming Mars that offer a very Uh, competitive uh, aspect to it because of how the game evolves into a a player versus player experience versus just a player versus the game and whoever can solve the game better wins and so (laughs) all of that to say and tie back to my first impressions of expeditions i feel like it does tailor a little bit more towards the you know aspect of, of a less competitive play and more let's solve this game type of experience. And if you like cards, you know, first of all, you know, it's got a lot of cards and the, the board portion itself is not as interactive. There's not really a lot of, you know, military interactions that can happen. Uh, you don't keep track of your resources on the board itself. And so the board is merely a, a, a gateway to being able to move around and offer up an opportunity to gather resources and try to find the efficiencies, right? Uh, Boards such as um, Messina, 1347, I think play, and and Yokohama as well, fall into this category where a modular board um, offers a different feeling each time rather than who you're playing and, and what people may be playing as as you would find in scythe and so the replay replayability comes from that the order of which the numerous cards come out of as well which is fun and the uh, slight variations in player powers as well is, is also on the table to make it feel fresh but i do i do feel like it in the long run it does lack the elegance And the opportunity that the original Scythe game offers to be, you know, to pass that threshold into a high repetition, high skill type of game. But I think that's okay because we already have Scythe. In Expeditions, you can get the same feeling of Scythe, but perhaps at a lesser weight and rules complexity and offering a more modern feeling of what a lot of players have gravitated towards and bought, you know, people have bought games and have been excited for games that are in this ilk, where it's more of a, you know, let's just make a very uh, high input randomness type of game and just let the players figure out the best play from that get go. And so for that, I really enjoyed my experience. It's not something that I feel like I could really sink my teeth into. Like I could see the potential for in Scythe. And so for that, I think ultimately I do want to play Scythe, the original game, a little bit more than Expeditions. But I, I would rather play, say, Expeditions with friends who I gather with and play games once in a while just to have that fresh experience. I would play with that group of friends, say, Terraforming Mars, Ares Expeditions as well versus Terraforming Mars. Where I, in my personal life, would rather dedicate my time online to play against players who do have more of a dedication to the game, to learning the game and the experience and the nuances and the best plays, etc. that make these games really rank high because they do offer that opportunity to master them. You can master any game, obviously, but there's something about Terraforming Mars, the original, uh, the original Scythe that offer the opportunity to become very competitive at it. And that is what I coin as a, like, tournament-worthy type of game where, although, you know, any game can be offered as a tournament and there are different, you know, viewpoints for that, um, I think in the competitive world so far, a lot of these, these players who do appreciate a very strategic and competitive scene do gravitate towards games like Scythe and Terraforming Mars, Terra Mystica, etc. And so, I would be more personally invested in the original Scythe than Expeditions, but I think the game was executed very well. Player count-wise, I can see the game feeling very long at 5, very similar to Wingspan where it may outstay its welcome. At those player counts, I think 2-3 to is a good sweet spot. But, I like the variability, and you know, if I do get the opportunity to play this more online per se, maybe there is, because it does share some elements with the original scythe, maybe there are some elements that will help me want to understand the game better and to sink my teeth into a little bit more. But I think it's it would, it would tap out at the same level as Messina 1347 does for me, where about 10 games or so into it, I feel comfortable knowing that it's a fun game that I can come back to any time, but it's not something that I would want to pursue strategically or to understand the strategic nuances of the game. I think out of these types of games, Yokohama has been the one that has called to me the most. And so the bar is set very high with Yokohama, and I don't think expeditions would traverse that for me. But I love love the exploration of the game. I love the multi-use card aspects of the game the the uniqueness of having your hand on the board at all times to make you know have the opportunity for other players to kind of know what what is going on as well and the simplicity of the action selection mechanism as well is are are parts of the game that i think are very well and i think it deserves its very high rating amongst the community so those are my impressions of expeditions as well as scythe after about five or five plays or so Uh, Thank you for listening and hope you schedule an appointment with your board gaming doctor real soon. And I'll catch you on the next one. Take care.